Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Long ago, the foreign nations lived together in harmony. Then everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. Only the Avatar, master of all four elements, could stop them. But when the world needed him most, he vanished. A hundred years passed, and my podcast host and I discovered a new Avatar, an airbender named Aang, because Yorgi Kestrulesson on Avatar The Last Airbender is now in session. Hello and welcome to Geek History Lesson. I'm Ashley Victoria Robinson. And I am Jason. Let's drink tea in the You'll get that reference later. Welcome to your mind university. What is that? Well, that is what we call this podcast Geek History Lesson because you are being invited into a mind university where in a little bit less than an hour, we're going to take you through one of the best television series of all time, Avatar, The Last Airbender. If you're at home thinking about the blue people right now, shame on you. That's just Avatar. Yes. There's no last. I was so mad when that movie came out because when I said Avatar, I meant the last airbender and everyone thought I meant the blue people. Uh, I'm going to say this right now. The last airbender. Way better title. Absolutely. I actually think when you cut Avatar off, it it just it just it just flows better. But um, I understand why they called it Avatar: The Last Airbender. Anyways, um, Ashley, why are we talking about Avatar: The Last Airbender? Well, I'll tell you why, Jason. Because on February twenty first, twenty twenty, it is the fifteen year anniversary. Yeah. Of Avatar: The Last Airbender. They Should... finally put it on Blu Ray. Hmm. And we have a bunch of TAs. Well, it's been on Blu Ray. It's been on Blu Ray for about a year now. I know, but. Finally. Yeah. We've waited for it to be on Blu-ray yeah. for so long. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have a bunch of TAs for this episode. This episode has been requested literally since Geek History Lesson started. And by the way, I just want to make clear for anybody that is, this is in case this is your first episode of Geek History Lesson, and in case you are joining us through the Collider Podcast Hello. Network feed. Hello, new people. Uh, TAs uh, are short for technical assistants. These are Teaching people. assistants. Excuse me. Uh, they could be technical assistants, too. Nope. Maybe they're engineering this podcast right now. Maybe they're right there. They're not. I hey, wish, buddy. I wish how's they going? Were. I wish they were, too. Anyways, um, these are people that have suggested mm-hmm. the topic that we're talking about on Geek History Lesson. Yeah. So our TAs for this episode include Lisa Lee, Ryan McKenna, at Heretic Nick 816 Ryan Q. Danvers, and Patrick McMillan. I know two of those people in real life. I was going to say, I, I, there's some people we know in real life in that list. Yes. Uh, very sweet and kind that they requested this episode. So thank you. Welcome to the Air Temple. Are we in the Air Temple? I don't know. That was the only Avatar school I could pull off the top of my head. I mean, there's four of them, but cool. All right, cool. <laughs> uh, why don't we move right into the Ten Cent Origin? The Ten Cent Origin is where Ashley is going to give you the basic Cliff Notes version of all the details you need to know about Avatar: The Last Airbender in case when that big Netflix show finally comes out and people are like, "Hey, what is this?" at some famous Hollywood cocktail party. Avatar The Last Airbender, a.k.a. Avatar The Legend of Aang, is a Nickelodeon fantasy animated series that ran 
from 2005 to 2008. It was created by Michael Dante DiMartino and Brian, gonna mess this one up, Konietzko. I need to pause you right there. What is this Avatar The Legend of Aang? That was business. the original title in the title of the first series that was then changed to Avatar The Last Air. You mean when it was originally broadcast, they broadcast it as The Legend of Aang? Yes, they did. I had no idea. Okay, cool. You were holding up your hand and I was like, what is happening? I was like, teacher, I need, <laughs> I need to ask a question. I'm already confused. You just ask questions, Jason. <laughs> there are three seasons and 61 episodes. And the show stars Zach Tyler as Aang, Mae Whitman as Katara. Also, you may know her as Scott Pilgrim's Evil X. Girlfriend, Ramona's evil ex-girlfriend. Uh, Jack DeSena as Sokka. Also from Rest of Development. Yes. Uh, Mako, the epic, the legendary Mako as Uncle Iroh. Dante Bosco as Zuko. And Jesse Flower as Toph. And most importantly of all, if you ask Ashley, D. Bradley Baker as Appa. Yep. Was- D. Bradley Baker is also the voice of all the clones in Star Wars, The Clone Wars. But most importantly... Appa. Yep. The easiest voiceover gig in history. Uh, Jason, by the way, has a mean Appa impression. I guess. And I hope he busts it out at some point during this lesson. That's all I love it. It makes me laugh every Mm. time. It's just that. Um, I can't do it. It's very late. It was followed up by the sequel series Avatar The Legend of Korra. And if you are a Legend of Korra fan, you may notice that there was a character in it named Mako. He was named after the actor who voiced Uncle Iroh, who had passed away, unfortunately. If you don't know who Mako is, get to Google right now. Oh. Mako is one of the greatest actors of the 20th century. Great Japanese-American actor who played, I think, eight different people on MASH. Yeah, he did. And uh, he's also in one of my favorite movies of all time, the Arnold Schwarzenegger Conan the Barbarian. That is true. He's <laughs> Excellent. He starts the movie off. Yes, He's he like, does. yeah, it was the age of adventure. He sounds exactly like Uncle Iroh, yep. truly. Mm-hmm. And it is currently. He's also a splinter in TMNT, the yes, Turtles anime. That movie. is true. Yeah. Uh, it is currently in development and Netflix for a live action adaptation. Hooray! We're not going to talk about the live action movie. It doesn't exist. Let's move right into the meet cute. Uh, the meet cute is where we stole a term for manic comedies and we tell you where we first met or cuted said property. Ashley, uh, where'd you first encounter Avatar The Last Airbender? Because I believe you have a a very cute story for your meeting of this. I guess. Um, A boy of questionable quality that I dated in high school, and I don't think listens to this podcast, had a very cool (laughs) sister uh, who now writes a pretty cool webcomic. And uh, she was watching the final season of Avatar when it was originally airing. So when I would hang out with her, we started at the beginning and watched the series. And I thought the first series was dumb and juvenile. But I stuck with it. And I really enjoyed it. And I remember because... So this uh, was not a good boyfriend then? Uh, no, I wouldn't. I mean, maybe he grew up to be a nice person. Do you want to shout out her webcomic or no? No, I don't. Because I don't want okay. people finding this man. Got it. I really All right, people, don't. You can track this down. Um, I'm guessing PVP. It's not PVP. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she had a, a, a baby son at the time. And he had a stuffed Zuko doll. And I was so baffled because I was like, he's... A stuffed Zuko? Yeah. And I was like, he's the bad guy. All and right. she was like, no. Oh, he's so great and she was right and um fun fact jason gave me a stuffed appa doll mm-hmm. and an appa enamel pin because they finally started merchandising avatar <sighs> and <laughs> and i love him so much jason where did you first meet and cute avatar the last airbender or avatar the legend of ang i did i've never seen avatar the legend <laughs> of ang so I, I that's a weird that's from like the mirror universe anyways so back in the day, there was a device called the PS3. 
Now <laughs> You had one of those when we met. <laughs> now, I know many of you don't know what this is because you've only heard of the PS4, but there was a PS3, and I swear to God, there was a PS2 as well. Fun fact, PS3 is mentioned in the first issue of Lock and Key, <laughs> oh, wow. a recent episode of this podcast. And when the PS3 existed, that's back in the day when Netflix was not streaming. They sent you dividends or DVDs, as I like to call them. And they introduced Netflix streaming on the PS3 and other devices of that ilk. And But the thing is, is that to use Netflix streaming, you had to put a DVD into your PS3 and it had to be in while, while you use Netflix. Why? I have no idea. And when I did this... That's when I discovered Avatar The Last Airbender because it was on there. And I remember my uh, good friend and listener of this show, um, I like to call him Dr. Jeremy Skinner. Yes, I promoted him. Um, He suggested I I watch the show. And this was back in the day as well where you had to start an episode and you had to kind of let it buffer. Yeah, you go do something else for a bit and then come back. So I'd start the episode, put it on pause, and I'd go do something for like half an hour and then I'd come back and watch Mm -hmm. the episode. Um, But that's how I watched all of Avatar The Last Airbender on my PS3 with a spinning DVD. Nice. So there you go. Now we're going to go into the History 101, or basically for this one, the main discussion of the lesson, and all the way also as well, if you have not watched Avatar The Last Airbender, there are going to be spoilers. Yes. But, but this series is over a decade year old. How old is it? 15, 15 years old. Yeah. So I was like, I know you said it. Sorry about it. Um, but if you want to hear us talk even more about Avatar The Last Airbender, please be sure that you go to patreon.com slash Jawin. That's J-A-W-I-I-N. We have a podcast there called Geek History Lesson Extra, where we talk for what is supposed to be 10 minutes and is usually closer to 20 or 30 minutes about the topic that we discuss. Yes, and we also needed to announce like, boop, 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 boop. That is all part of Operation... We need new microphones! We need new microphones! <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we've been noticing some problems. These are the original microphones you're listening to from right now. six years ago. From six years ago. And uh, they have, they're, sometimes they're static. Sometimes there's weird issues. We've been noticing it in the newest episodes. So if you want to get some new Patreon, if you want to get some more Geek Heroes and content, and you want to help us get some new microphones, patreon.com slash Jalen is the best way to do both. Also, if you like worlds with complicated mythologies. We're doing Blackest Night Club over there where we are diving it's a into video documentary. the DC Blackest Night event where people also have different powers attached to different colors. I think you'll really like it. All kinds of cool stuff over there and also Operation Get Us New Microphones can be supported over there. Actually, I know exactly what microphones I want to buy us and I think they're going to sound great. Awesome. So we Actually, funny fact, I've been thinking about actually if we get these new microphones, I've been thinking about changing our set uh-huh. that we use for some of our YouTube videos. Um, every once in a while, some of the discussion Gikishlasen episodes, we might record them. What? We might make them Patreon exclusives. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <gasps> we might bring that back. So there you go. But we can only do that if we have different microphones. Operation Get Us New Microphones. Is that the name of it? I guess so. Yep. That's what we're going. Just to reiterate, full spoiler warnings. Jason, I have two important questions before we dive into the history. About Avatar, The Last Airbender, not The Legend of Aang. I don't, that show does not exist. Yes, about Avatar, The Last cool. Airbender. Yep. Who is your favorite character? Because I find this to be a revealing question, kind of like who is your favorite Game of Thrones character? Um, do you find this revealing just because the characters in the show are very distinct? They are distinct, they are diverse, and Different personalities. they all yeah. have very 
interesting arcs. Everybody grows and changes in the show, and I think they can kind of be reflective of you. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I'm very interested to f- find your favorite character then. Um, my favorite character is a supporting character. Both of mine are supporting characters. General Iroh. I knew he was going to be is my favorite character. Um, the uncle. Yep. He's not great uncle. He's a stri- he's the uncle. uncle. The uncle of Zuko. Yep. Um, he's originally a bad guy, but he's always uh, good. He's voiced by Mako. And um, I think it, there's just something interesting about there's more to him. He's always kind and he starts off as the villain and he becomes an ally and a hero. He's kind of the Obi-Wan Kenobi of this series. And that's, I mean, he's barely a villain, even when they're doing villain stuff, but he always talks like this. Zuko, come have some tea. Yes. The, uh, the episode where you see what happened to his son is very sad. Mm. Uh, Who's your favorite character? My favorite character is a tie between Toph, the blind earthbender Mm -hmm. and Sokka. Oh, you like Sokka? I love Sokka. Sokka's I the goofy. Um, he's the Frank it's Burns Katara's of the series. Brother. No, he's yes, he is. Not. He's Frank Burns. No, he's he really not. is. He is not. Everyone out there, he's please tweet idiot. us and say Frank Burns. Sokka <laughs> no. is hashtag Sokka no, is because Frank Burns. Frank Burns is a stick in the mud, and Sokka is an idiot. He's a noble idiot, and it's funny because I would argue that they're almost the same character. But they're yes. absolutely not. Um, Sokka also grows into such a noble, interesting man over the course of the series, mm. and yeah, he's like a full warrior by the end of it. He's, he's a badass, barely a warrior. No, by the end. I love him so much. And um, for my Voltron fans, he has the exact same arc and almost the same character design because it's some of the same uh, showrunners as Lance from uh, Voltron and I love him so much too no it truly I adore Sokka and there's an episode where he gets stuck in a hole in the ground and it's very very funny Jason oh that's a good episode um, in season two and there's also one where he gets uh, high on fruit out in the desert and hallucinates Mm -hmm. it's awesome do you know offhand what your favorite episode is? Yes, um, but I'm actually, I, I want to hear yours first. Okay. My favorite episode is called The Guru. Oh, which one is this? And it is the one that I like to describe as the episode where the Jasmine Dragon is introduced, which is Uncle Iroh's tea shop in Ba Sing Se, the Earthbender Kingdom. Oh, so in season two. In season two, because oh. this, there are some earlier episodes where... Um, Iroh and Zuko are captured by Azula and she's trying to take them back as prisoners and they break away from their Fire Nation identity and they cut their hair. But this is the beginning of Zuko's uh, hero's journey. This is his turn towards good. And to me, this is really what heralds the show graduating from being a kid's show to a fantasy show. Oh, interesting. It's a big tonal shift. And I love the Jasmine Dragon and I love being able to see Iroh be his most authentic self because it only lasts for about three episodes and then they have to leave again. So I really, really love The Guru. I think it's a beautiful episode. What's your favorite? Um, I know my favorite episode is not the best episode. That's okay. Favorite and best are not the same thing. My favorite episode of Avatar The Last Airbender, I think it's the best written one, is The Tales of Ba Sing Se. Uh, it is um, second season as well. Yes, it is also in the second season, and it is the most unlike the rest of them because it has seven different stories mm-hmm. in it. 
Uh, there's a story of Aang. There's a story of Katara and Toph hitting the town for a girl's night out. There's uh, Soka learning haikus. There's Zuko going on a date. There's Momo looking for Appa. Yeah, which is it's very really cute. cute. <laughs> um, but the thing that seals it for me is Uncle Iroh's Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, Misadventure where it's all about him traveling to the hill at sunset. Oh, yeah. I just talked about that. (laughs) To celebrate the anniversary of his son's death. Mm -hmm. And the episode ends where it is dedicated to Mako because he had just died um, seven days before chapters 10 and 11 aired. Uh, so cue the tear bending. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but uh, I, by the way, I also want to shout out um, Mako Iwamatsu is his full name. His stage and, name was Mako. He's often yes. only credited as Mako. And I, and I don't know the name, and this is my bad research, I don't know the name of the actor who took up uh, the role. I don't either. Um, but he actually does a pretty good job of matching Mako. But this is where you can tell this. there's a change in the series where Mako leaves. And also, I just think, what an interesting thing for a fantasy show to do, to tell these stories that are, these. all these stories are just character stories. They're not important to the mythology they're just these are who these characters are it's it's greg something greg baldwin is who replaces him well greg shout Bald- out to greg baldwin. greg baldwin does an excellent job of replacing him there's but actually I- a lot of videos where people are comparing whether or not like they're good or not well i'll he, tell you I, th- he, I think greg does a great job he voices uh jedi master Terra sinube and uh cassis on star wars the clone wars yeah, and he's those are He's uh, you'll love this, Jason. He is the voice of Aku in the fifth season of Samurai Jack. Oh, wow. So he replaced. Uh, so Aku was also voiced by uh, Mako Iwamatsu and as well. And he performed substantial portions of Splinter's dialogue in the TMNT movie after Mako died. During So he's Mako oh, wow. light, man. He's like, if well, you can't get Mako, you get Greg Baldwin. Well, good job, Greg, for picking up Mako because Mako um, he, he Iwamatsu is a great actor. He also as Uncle Iroh in The Legend of Korra in the flashback episodes. He's in. Uh, he's worked in a ton of stuff, but those would well, be. Well, you know what? I you know I love love Mako, but you know what? Greg, you did a hell of a job, man. Well done. Well if you, done. If you would like to come on the podcast, please tweet us. Well done. <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's get into talking about the show overall. Okay. So here is your overall summary of what's up with Avatar The Last Airbender. 
A century ago, Fire Lord Sozin, ruler of the Fire Nation. probably should have done this first, but oh well. (laughs) Whatever. Ruler of the Fire Nation, it's our show, launched a world war to expand his nation's empires. The young Avatar Aang, afraid of his new responsibilities, fled his home. He was forced into an ocean by a storm and encased himself in suspended animation in an iceberg near the South Pole. Sozin, knowing that the Avatar must be an air nomad, carried out a genocide against the air nomads and continued his world conquest. A hundred years later, Katara and Sokka, teenagers of the Southern Water Tribe find Aang and revive him. So in the first season, they unthaw him, they sled on some penguins, and Aang travels with Katara and Sokka to the Northern Water Tribe so he can learn water bending and be prepared to defeat the Fire Nation. Prince Zuko, the managed son of the current Fire Lord Ozai, that's Uncle Iroh's older brother, Pursues them, accompanied by his uncle Iroh, hoping to capture the Avatar and restore his honor. Aang is also pursued by Zhao, a Fire Nation admiral, intending to win Ozai's favor. When Zhao's navy attacks the Northern Water Tribe, Zhao kills the Moon Spirit Yue, the princess of the tribe, sacrifices her life to revive it, and Aang drives the enemy fleet. So, if you have not figured it out by playing along up to this point. Bending is basically control over a specific element and they are all based on very specific martial arts style. So, because Aang... I think if you're listening to this point, you already know that. Right. So Aang spends most of the first season trying to master water bending. Uh, Book one or series one is called The Book of Water, which makes Katara and uh, Sokka really good allies for him. I am always sort of mixed by this first book because I find it pretty childish and pretty juvenile. And it's the same argument that you and I make a lot about Star Wars Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. When the series was first developed and first being put out, I think they really thought they were making a children's show. And then after this point, which I think is why you and I respond so much to what happens in the second season, they realize that their audience was a little more sophisticated than that, and it becomes more of a fantasy show. I don't think that's the. I don't think that's entirely the issue. How dare you? I that's th- fine. I think the issue is. I think network executives. We're forcing the creators to make it more childish. Well, and look, because, because, I'm not putting the blame no, 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 on no. anyone's heads. It's obviously a number of factors. I am. Yes. I am. I'm going to put a red on the network executives of Nickelodeon <laughs> um, and the network executives of Lucasfilm or whoever the control yeah, Clone yeah. Wars. Anyways, I think the creators, I think the reason why we respond to later stuff is because I think that was the show they always wanted to make. Mm. And as we say, even with our own all ages comics and stuff like that. You do not have to play down to children. Absolutely not. Yeah. You can children watch adult movies starring adults all the time. Children are they're just little people. They don't care yeah. that it doesn't have kids. They don't care that it doesn't have fart jokes. Mm-hmm. They don't care that there isn't burping. If the story is good, they will watch it. Mm-hmm. You do not have to put burping or farts or goofy jokes in there all the time. Because that's why Sokka, I think, as as the goofy uh, Frank Burns character, goes... I'm so offended <laughs> that you are comparing him um, to Frank Burns. But Frank Burns... The reason why I keep bringing that up is Frank Burns and Sokka play the same role. They do serve the same purpose in their yep. triumph, but they're he's not jokey, hateful the way that Frank but, is hateful. No, they are not similar characters. That, that was never my point. Oh, okay. They are similar archetypes. And the fact okay. that the other characters in the show and the audience are always meant to make fun of Sokka. We're, mm-hmm. we're supposed to look at Sokka and Frank Burns and be like, what a dummy. Mm-hmm. I love him. 
so you know, <laughs> um, and we we love Sokka because mm-hmm. he's not an ass, and Frank Burns is an ass. But we say the same thing, and we're like, God, they're dumb. Yeah, he's God, a they're yeah. they're so oblivious. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I want to talk about one one thing that I think is amazing is that um, each of the bending is based off of a Chinese martial art. Do you have the list of what they're based on? No, I don't. I will pull it up then. Um, the only thing I know is that the Water Tribe is based off of Tai Chi. Yes. But here's the reason I want to bring that up is because any other show would have just had the bending be like Magneto. Mm-hmm. And what I say with that is that if you watch modern superhero movies, it's just an actor pointing their fingers and then they add in CGI. But with this, it's like, no, 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 no. It's not that easy. You have to like do this... This um, complicated sequence or and, this dance, basically. Um, so I have the breakdown. Yeah, I'd love and to hear it. Also, in Avatar, they talk about their chi and their g a lot, which is a different pronunciation mm-hmm. for the same word. So all of your bending comes from your life energy, um, which is why you can overextend yourself and get really tired. So water bending, like Jason mentioned, is based on tai chi. Please forgive me if I mispronounce these things. I don't speak Asian languages. I'm going to hold it to you forever. Here we go. Earthbenders, and this, of course, is only mostly because it's fantasy. Sure. Earthbending is based on Hunga-style kung fu. Oh, man. Uh, Firebending (laughs) is based on northern Shaolin kung fu. Are you kidding me? And airbenders is based on Bagua Zhang, which I'm pretty sure is... I almost for sure pronounced incorrectly. Good great um, job. You did better than me. But they are four very distinct styles. There's a lot of great videos that break down the distinctive techniques that they use. Um, they do have techniques within the universe. In um, the second season, as Aang is becoming more and more proficient with waterbending, uh, Katara is teaching him things like octopus style. Now, Ashley, there's something I do want to talk about in terms of all of the seasons of Avatar. Yes. And it's something that is set up in the first season, and it's there from the beginning, mm-hmm. even though uh, it is this first season is, yeah, it's, it's, it's juvenile. It's goofier, and it's hard to watch the for, as an adult. The great, though, where they're at the It picks up, but yeah, towards the end, the you're princess. like, oh, man. Yeah. Um, so, one, there is a emotional authenticity to this show mm-hmm. where you feel these characters... And dealing with very dark subject matter. And this is in the first episode. There's two subjects that are in the pilot. Mm-hmm. The pilot is dealing with there has been a genocide. Death of an entire race of people. Of the airbenders. Yeah. And the Fire Nation is everywhere because they're imperialistic. Yeah, they so, have machines. They have tanks. But they want to invade everywhere. Yes. Like, they are manifest destiny, this entire world. Yeah, Azula, in the second season, leads a sack of Bossing Say in the air, yeah. the Earth Kingdom. Now, let me, like, and this is in the pilot. Mm-hmm. It's there. So that's why it makes me think that this is oh, this is an exact issue. Because these writers built that in. And, I accept your thesis. And these are subjects that generally aren't in Kids cartoons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what do you think about that? Like, tell me your thoughts on this. Like, is this the reason why Avatar has the staying power? Because it's so deep? I think Avatar has the staying power because the concept at face value is very easy to understand, right? Like, uh, Oh, I disagree with uh, that. uh, uh, Hold. Sorry. Avatar did not invent... Earth, fire, wind, water, heart, right? Like it didn't It didn't invent the idea that like these type of people have mastery over water and these type of people have mastery. Like elementals have existed in mythology as long as mythology has existed because 
the four elements are the biggest, scariest, most powerful things in this world, right? But so, in terms of the bending stuff? No, so hold on. So, okay, the idea, the, so we've had stories of people who can master the elements mm-hmm. forever, and they t- tend to come to a head with someone who can master all four elements. Uh, early versions of Morgan Le Fay were like that. Oh, okay. So like the idea of, of, an, of what the avatar represents is not complicated. So you say, okay... You know, it's just like the introduction that I read at the top of the podcast. Earth, like, wind, water, fire. Yeah, and then... I think I said to twi- him twice. Um, and, the, you know, and then the Avatar can control them all, and so they're the most powerful person. Like, okay, great, that's easy. Like, anyone sure. can understand that, children can understand that. But then, as you peel back the layers of the onion, it becomes richer and more complicated. And the first season also hangs on the idea, we meet the Southern Water Tribe. Well, what's the difference between the Southern Water Tribe and the Northern Water Tribe? Isn't all water bending the same? And it's not in the northern water tribe is much more uh, economically proficient and they're rich and they have palaces and i think it's i think it's because they take something that seems very simple and straightforward like you know i made the planeteers comparison earlier because again there's lots of kids tv show that deals with elementals but um it's so much richer than that and the idea that zuko ultimately becomes a hero and then when zuko shows up in korra you're gratified I want to park it's Zuko powerful. because we we can have a whole. I want to park Zuko for now. Yeah. I want to go back to your comment about sure. that. You think it's a very simple concept. Mm-hmm. I, I argue against that because sure. it's not Earth. It's a different world, which I I always think always has a barrier for entry. Uh huh. Um, that there are these four tribes. You don't know about all four tribes right out the gate. You learn about them eventually. But it's um, in the intro. Like you see it, a waterbender, you it see is an earthbender, very you see a firebender. Simply, but we don't know how their culture works. Sure. And fair. and and that is the other thing about this show. The, these cultures are very deep and they're very realized. In fact, I think it's because they're based on real cultures. I think so too. Um, and I think that also makes this very complicated and stuff like that. I don't know. I I think this I think this world is complicated and I think that's the reason and I think that's the reason why we're so fascinated with it but I think they do a great job of introducing this culture to you and this whole world to you I would say it's sophisticated but I don't think it's complicated mm-hmm. the way something like I think a sophisticated earth it can be complicated. Is complicated or middle earth is complicated I don't think it's middle any, earth is very complicated I don't think it's any more complicated than Harry Potter um I would ar- just to come up with a, sure, a, a sure, sure, comparable sure. audience. I would argue a bit against that because Harry Potter lives in our world. Sure, Fair. you know, I think that's a thing for me is that this is not our world. It's mm-hmm. almost like Westeros. Like Westeros is not our world. Yeah, but it's pretty recognizable as like this is kind of England. And sure, this is sure, kind sure, of sure. Spain. And now I want to talk about Zuko. I love Zuko. Okay, um, so tell me why do you love Zuko? Let's talk about Zuko. Zuko is the villain for the first season. I mean, he is, and he's such a butthead. Um, I did not like Zuko, like I said, on my first watch until about midway through the second season. Mm-hmm. And this is something that we discuss in the podcast a lot. I have a hard time with characters, uh, with liking characters who are bad guys. Mm-hmm. Even though um, you I, do, you, you like you don't. That's the reason why you don't like Breaking Bad, and yeah, yeah. Well, there's other reasons why I don't like Breaking sure, Bad. Sure, sure. Um, but uh, there are, you know, there are characters that are bad guys that have come around on. I like Boyd Crowder from Justified. Um, but generally speaking, in my fiction, I do like good people to be good and bad people to be bad. Mm-hmm. So when I started watching it, like, and um, 
Zuko's a real butthead. Like, not only is he bad, but he kind of, like, sucks. Uh, Jack DeSena does a... I'm sorry, that's um, Sokka's voice. Uh, uh, Dante Bosco does a really great job at playing Zuko as just, like, the worst, most annoying teenage boy who thinks he deserves to have the world handed to him. But he's caught this weird scar. And you think initially that it's uh, an aesthetic choice because it makes him look like a bad guy, and that's kind of cool, but... Like the world, the more you learn about, like, why does Zuko have this scar? Why is he traveling alone? Where is his dad? Why is he stuck with Uncle Iroh, this weird minder? Um, He's very tragic. And ultimately, as much as Aang is, he's on a hero's journey as well. Like, that's how his story plays out. If you want to map it that way, if you want to draw the little pyramid, he hits all those same points. But in a much more, again, sophisticated or complicated way... And then he literally winds up being the hero. He overcomes more adversity than anyone else in the story. Yeah, he does. And by the end of it, he's truly lovable. And I think, I mean, there's, I think, I think he's the best character in terms of development. And they all have great arcs over, yeah, over the ha- course of the Zuko show. Zuko has the best arc. Yeah. Um, this is another argument towards my complicated point. Okay. Um, Zuko Scar is physical abuse it's child abuse mm-hmm. it's trauma his father Did burned him. his eye off almost mm-hmm. basically and then was like leave. and then sends his sister to capture him and then was like leave my house yeah. forever and don't come back until you have the avatar yeah until you have the most powerful being in the universe yep. uh, how do I get that dad I don't care mm-hmm. like th- yeah a- and Zuko Oh yeah, Ozai's a because the worst. Ozai is the worst, but uh, you know he's the villain. That's intentional. Um, but with lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Zuko, in that terms, you know, like his dad basically hit him. Actually did something. His dad tried to kill him. His dad tried to kill him. And, um, and Zuko still wants to regain his honor and go home. That's all he wants is to it's go home. It's Stockholm Syndrome. And there's, um... There's an episode where Azula reaches out to him and says, uh, Dad said that you could come home. And then when him and Iroh, I was like, I don't think you should do this. I know my brother. Like, he, he, why would he want you to come home now? You failed. We just lost the Northern Water Tribe, all this stuff. Um, and then when they show up, Azula's like, great, you're prisoners. Get on my boat. Mm-hmm. Well, It's that, so sad. And that also goes into, like I guess, and more of the depth because Uncle Iroh, as you can tell, and this is one of the reasons why he's my favorite character, is that Uncle Iroh... Iroh is the crazy uncle and he's the crazy uncle because he but he's fun crazy he is but he's he's the hippie uncle like he so so he is so he's the there's hip- an episode where he finds a flower he's like I don't know if this is tea or poison and then he just eats it like off camera and he's like yeah. it was poison but here's the thing about Iroh especially um, so Iroh does all this crazy stuff and because he doesn't fit the norm his brother is like leave my kingdom yeah get out of here and you, as you learn over the course of the series, 
when Iroh can bend lightning. Yeah, and, man. And Iroh is part of this secret organization that has existed forever. Mm-hmm. That Iroh actually knows more of how the world works. He actually knows how the world works, probably more so than any other character in the show. He's the character who introduces that there are more complicated forms of bending. And after yes. the lightning, you learn that there's metal bending, yeah. which Toph becomes very proficient. There's blood bending, which mm. is so dark. Yeah. Um, and all those things, they kind of run with uh, in Korra a little bit more as well. Hey, everyone. I want to tell you about a great new podcast, the Gaming Ride Home podcast. It is a video game news podcast delivered straight to your podcast feed Every single day at 5 p.m. It's perfect for the commute home. It has all the headlines, the rumors, the release date confirmations. Because if you're like me and you're still busy combing through Red Dead Redemption 2, well, you don't have all this time to look online for when Red Dead 3 is going to hit. The Gaming Ride Home podcast is hosted by former Game Informer and IGN writer Kyle Hillier. Now, Kyle is online all day. He's reading the tweets. He's uh, reading all the rumor blogs that you don't have to. To. So if you are a gaming fanatic, then catch up on the latest gaming news every day and search your podcast app right now and subscribe to the Gaming Ride Home podcast. I think you'll enjoy it. Now back to the show. All right. So you want to talk, you want to, let's deep into season two a little bit, uh, you know, um, and yeah, tell us a little bit about season two, Ashley. In the second season, Aang learns earthbending from Toph Bay Fong, a 12-year-old earthbending prodigy who's blind. Zuko and Iroh, cast out by the Fire Lord, become refugees in the Earth Kingdom, setting in, settling in the capital city of Ba Sing Se. Both groups are pursued by Azula, Zuko's sister, princess of the Fire Nation. Great character design. Aang's group travels to Ba Sing Se to sink the Earth King's support for an attack on the Fire Nation during an upcoming solar eclipse, during which firebenders will be powerless. But Azula instigates a coup d'etat, bringing the city under Fire Nation control, and Zuko sides with his sister. Zuko has a big failing in this season as well. So, is this your favorite season? Yes, this is my favorite season. Why? This is my favorite season because this is the first time we get the whole cast. I think Toph coming onto this show is kind of like Worf coming onto Deep Space Nine. She fills a hole that you don't really know is there. Exactly, because she didn't exist in the first season. But when she shows up, you're like, yeah, this feels complete now. You know why? Why? Because there's finally a person from every oh well yes element. yes um in play. It, and then when we add Zuko to that team it completes it and I love the idea that she's uh, physically disabled mm-hmm. but she's still this incredible bender like she is bending for money in leagues which again is something that gets developed more in the second series and she's a child who can't see. And I also like the second season because it goes real deep in the mythology. There's an episode called The Library where they fly on. That is my favorite episode in the second season. They fl- except for the tales of Bossing Sang. They fly on Appa to find this uh, library that's in the desert and, and they have to bend it out of the sand. It's and a it's, creepy episode. It's a great episode. It's also the episode that introduces sandbenders. Uh, yes, on their weird garbage skiff things. But there's such a funny moment in that, which to me like encapsulates... Um, the humor of Avatar, where they're they're sitting on Appa's back and they're flying and they're looking all around and Aang's like, oh my god, we've been flying for so long. Can anyone see anything? And they're like, no, 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 no. And Toph's like, no, me either. And everyone turns her and she waves her hand in front of her eyes and goes, get it? Because I'm blind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because she likes being on the ground because being an earthbender, she can feel the vibration so she's not blind that way. So when they have her fly, 
They take away all of her power. There's a weird owl in that episode, right? Yeah, it's a creepy owl yeah. who, who runs the library in because that's the episode where... Um, that's the episode where Soka reads the book where he discovers that... Sokka. You keep saying Soka like Ahsoka. It's, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Sokka. Um, Just if I don't say it, someone will tell me My it. bad, my bad. Um, he finds out that there is going to be a solar eclipse, and during the solar eclipse, firebenders can't bend. Because uh, it's the idea of chi, and chi mm-hmm. is like your soul energy, which comes from the sun like flowers. Yeah. And, and, then the, the, and then the owl spirit was like, you can't leave with my knowledge, yeah. and tries it's, to kill them all. It's also funny because um, Ahsoka in Star Wars has a cute little uh, uh, owl avatar as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, that's... Uh, you know, I'm going to say this too. I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, 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 um, please. I th- I think a big reason why season two is great is because Bossing Say it's awesome is a great city. It's probably the best location in this entire series. I also think it's a great name. Bossing Say is the only name of the city that I can ever remember. Yeah, like it's fun to say. You also they are there for a very long time. They're there too. for most of the season. Yeah. Like they have these little day trips, but you meet the monarchs. And mm-hmm. uh, season two also gives you a look at Aang's past that's not tragic. Like when they are in the Earth Kingdom, they're trying to find King Boomy, who's been captured by the Fire Nation. Oh yeah, and Aang knew Boomy when he was a kid, and he was kind of this like crazy hippie idiot um because and then he spoilers him, i love that ang names his kid boomy who kind of turns out to be a similar personality yeah. type but like he winds up stealing boomy back from azula and boomy's like trapped in a coffin but his head is sticking out but he can still earthbend but he tell he t- has to teach ang that like um earthbending is all about finding your uh sort of your middle energy and your balance and knowing when to attack and when not to attack and it's one of the first times you see Aang interact with someone from his past in a way that's not shameful. It's driven by love because Boomy's okay and he's there to impart wisdom to Aang and bring some humor to the show. And I think that that's a turning point for Aang and his journey as well. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, let's move into season three. In the third season, Aang and friends invade the Fire Nation capital during the solar eclipse but are forced to retreat. Zuko abandons the Fire Nation to join Aang and teach him firebending. Aang, a pacifist, wrestles with the possibility that he will have to kill Ozai to end the war. When the comet arrives that magnifies firebender's powers, Aang confronts Ozai and uses his avatar powers to strip Ozai of his firebending abilities. Meanwhile, Aang's friends liberate Ba Sing Se, destroy the Fire Nation airship fleet, those are dope, and capture Azula. Zuko is crowned and the new Fire Lord ends the war. Season two introduces the past avatars and the idea that Aang has access to them. And season three runs with that and the mysticism. Um, My favorite episode in season three is where um, his previous avatar, uh, Roku, who was of the the Fire Nation. It's it's an episode called The Avatar and the Fire Lord. Mm -hmm. And you learn that Roku was friends with, uh, I think, Ozai's father. Uh, The the guy who, uh, I have his name, hang on. Sozin. Sozin, yes, thank you. The one who 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 is Ozai's father. Yeah, yeah, who was like, he was- Zuko's grandfather. Yeah, so Sozin was the guy who was like, the Fire Nation should evade everywhere. And in that episode, Roku is like, you can't do that, dude. And then when Roku dies, Sozin is like, ha, ha, ha. Nobody stop me. Fun fact, uh, Roku is the firebender that you see in the opening credits. He's mostly in silhouette, yes. but that is Because they're all the previous see. avatars. Um, we got to talk about this because up until this point, we just saw the Fire Nation as enemies. And this is the one where we actually we're are. Humanizing We're them. in the Fire Nation. And also, yeah. um, this Aang with hair. Yeah, Aang with hair is weird. I don't like it. I like it. I like Zuko with hair, but not Aang. And let's talk about Zuko adding on to the team. The best. 
It's the best. Can you say more than that? It's the best. Um, I like it because it's a big personality shift for Zuko because you get to see Zuko be soft and open. And Zuko and Katara kind of remind me of in the first big DC TV crossover invasion when you see Kara and Oliver together for the first time. Because uh, the Katara and Aang romance is set up from like the pilot. You can see it coming a mile away. However... Thank goodness, because they are children, yep. they take a very long time with it. And they, Zang's like, what, 11? When he first made his season? I first think, season? I yeah. think Katara's 13. Because I like to think that each of these seasons pass in real time. Yeah, so they're about a so year. He, yeah, so he's 14 in the final season. Yes, but which Wait, I mean in a medieval world, 13 the you're, you'd be almost a grown-up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but Katara is portrayed as this beautiful ray of hope. She is always picking up the people around her. She never gives up. Um, she is very much this infallible uh, ray of light for the show. And Zuko is a stick in the mud. And Zuko, by this point, has had his butt handed to him by everybody he's related to and his entire people. And so he kind of sucks. His personality blows. And the way that they come together, they really clash, but then they soften around each other. And it's so interesting to watch. And it's so subtle. And this is the point for me where I go, this is a, a kid's show? Yeah. It's so... Like, that's how people really act. I mean, we can't throw fire, I wish, but that's what I love about it. And because by this point, they tease Zuko, like, kind of soft teams up with them in season two. They have, like, a couple moments yep. of connection, and then he ultimately sides back with Azula at the end. Um, but because, like the romance, they waited so long, when it finally happens it's so gratifying it's earned. it's earned and because ang has mastered the other three elements up to this point he doesn't have to spend as much time learning the fire bending he spends like almost two full seasons learning water bending and so watching ang finally accept his destiny and let go of his guilt and become a total badass in the final awesome. in the final episode because he's he enters the avatar state which the avatar state of course everybody you should know it's when is, you glow is is when he glows and we can access the previous avatars even in previous Avatar states he doesn't use all four elements. No, and it's mostly well, uh, airbending and water. Well, bending. they use it at some points where like y- there's an episode where he enters the Avatar state and he's able to like be like the best earthbender of all time. Yes, yeah, yeah. But this is the first one where like he uses all four at the same time and there's that crazy thing where he's like in this glowing bubble and all the elements yes. are circling yeah, around yeah. him. It's so and, the gif is all over Twitter. Yeah, and you're just like holy cow, this guy is like the biggest badass he's in this got, world. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that when he and then I love I love this idea that um there's a great moment where he when he beats Ozai um by taking away his ability to bend mm-hmm. and they're all like how did you learn how to do it and he's like oh a giant lion turtle told me yes. uh, which is something we should talk about in the world of Avatar the weird animals all the animals are weird combinations like there's a saber tooth moose or a saber moose or something like there that there were actually saber tooth moose at some point but yes oh okay. um yeah, uh, uh, all, they're, they're yes. all somethings dash something. Yeah, because Appa is like a buffalo beaver because he has a beaver tail. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. I just know he's an air buffalo. Yeah, and then Momo is like a monkey bird or something like that. I don't know. It's No, he's a lemur. It's a something lemur. He's like a monkey and a lemur. I don't yeah. know. But anyways, uh, yeah. What do you think? 
let's let's wrap this up unless you have any other discussion questions. I just want to say one more thing sure. that I think is so interesting about Avatar. Um, you know, Jason and I are students of pop culture and we do, you know, fancy ourselves writers. Uh, we are professional writers. You can I don't find fancy. us on Amazon. I am a writer. Um, <laughs> what I think is so incredible about Avatar The Last Airbender is if you look at this, uh, you know, our, of our group of kids, of our group of protagonists, I don't dislike a single one of these characters. There's characters that I like more than others. Everyone has favorites, but there's usually one character on the show where you're like, I really don't like this one main cast member. And I think that's such an accomplishment. Well, I would say it takes for me the almost entire first season before I like Sokka. I mean, that's fair. Um, but I was but just I, saying, but I was by just saying end, for by, me personally, end, I like all of them. By the final episode, I like them all. Yeah. Yes. And uh, I think that's really cool, and I think that's really hard it's to good accomplish. good character work. There you go. The show's great. Yeah. Uh, how did you feel about the conclusion? Uh, I'm just happy we didn't see him die. Who? Aang. Okay. I really thought... Oh, I knew they were going to kill Aang him. was going to die. Oh, really? Yes, because mm. I thought that would that's the ultimate penance for killing your entire people. Uh, is that you have to pass away. Yeah. And I was really glad that they didn't do it. I loved it because all I wanted was for Aang to be a total badass. We got that. And then um, his last couple moments with Katara are really beautiful. Yeah, and they then, like keys. Yeah, it's really, it's really sweet. It's really well earned. And then having Zuko get a happy ending I, is so beautiful. I knew that they weren't going to kill him simply for the reason of if you look at any Eastern religion, philosophy, mythology, it's all about balance. And ah. Aang can't die unless he brings the airbenders back. Yes. So I knew right I knew right then and there, kind of going into the last season, I was like, they, he won't die. Interesting. So, yeah. I also think it's interesting that one of his kids is a stick in the mud. Anyway, this Are is not Are we going to stay away from Legend of Korra? I think so, because okay. I think at some point we will get to Legend of Korra. I think so, too. Uh, and Jason and I have strong feelings about Legend of Korra. Sure. But if that's all we want to say in our discussion, why don't we... Any other questions or anything like that you want to bring up or any discussion points or... No? I don't think so. Cool. Why don't we roll into recommended reading? Sure. That's where, guys, we're going to recommend some stuff for you to watch. And maybe read in this one. And you can find our entire list in geekhistorylesson.com slash recommended reading. If you go over there, you click the widget, it'll take you to Amazon. You can pick up our recommended reading or our recommended viewing. And a little bit of that comes back to the Mind University. So the most obvious thing that I'm going to recommend is, of course, the complete Avatar The Last Airbender 15-year anniversary Steelbook Blu-ray collection. Obvious. Um, it's the one that we have. It's great. It's gorgeous. We finally got it. And then I'm going to make two book recommendations. I have read... All of the Avatar and all of the Legend of Korra comics. Which I, I think they are, are sh- in canon. Yes, they are. Yeah. They are also shockingly good. Yeah, uh, Gene Yang does some of them, right? There's quite a few of them. Yeah. Um, tie-in comics are a mixed bag that yes, they tend are. toward the yes, bad. They are. And so the fact that these are good is quite an accomplishment. The first volume that you need to check out is called Avatar The Last Airbender Team Avatar Tales. There are a bunch of short one-offs. It was kind of trying out whether or not they were going to work or not. From this, Gene Yang takes over as the full-time writer, and his first volume is Avatar The Last Airbender, The Promise Part 1, and then you read forward from there if you enjoy it. Amazon actually says book one of 13, book two of 13, so if you like it, pick it up, check those out, get all your Avatar The Last Airbender needs. Now, Jason, let's roll into the teaching tweet, which by popular demand on Twitter, 
we're still doing. Are you serious? Popular demand says we should keep we doing had this? We 27 people say, please keep doing it. And not one person say, no, you can stop. Not one person? Nope. 27 is not a majority. I'm just going to say. It's more than just Jason. I know how many people <laughs> listen to this podcast. Yeah, and well, anyways. if uh, let me just say this. If everyone who listened to this podcast donated to the Patreon. We'd have new mics like could, this. We could do two podcasts a week. We could oh. do three podcasts a week. By the way, everybody out there, I just want to say that has been discussed. It has. It has been discussed to do two episodes of GHL a week. Yeah. So plus um, GHL Extra, that's three podcasts mm-hmm, a week, fam. Mm-hmm, so, you know, if you have a dollar, if you don't, we get all right, it. All right. I'll acquiesce to the teaching tweet. You didn't have to write it. I wrote it. Anyways, the teaching tweet is where we go out of, we go off an outdated thing that <laughs> Twitter does, where Twitter used to operate at 140 characters with no gifts, and uh, that's where Ashley's going to sum up the lesson in 140 characters or less. And you'll see this tweet at GHL Podcast. Avatar The Last Airbender. Earth, fire, wind, water, heart, all rolled up into one fantasy world we all wish we lived in, plus cute animals. That's it. I guess that was a great tweet. Thank you. I think it was a great tweet. I don't know if this was a good segment or not. All right, let's move on. <laughs> What's next, Jason? I believe it's the honor it roll. It is the honor roll. This What's is where that? if you go over to <laughs> Apple Podcasts and you leave us a five-star review, we will read whatever the hell you write on the podcast because you're helping supporting us in the iTunes slash Apple Podcasts algorithm. And if they're international people, how do they get featured here? Email us, damn it, at GHL or at geekhistorylesson at gmail.com. It's just because we can't access our feed anywhere we, else. Well, we can't see the New Zealand Apple Podcast. If release. you're from New Zealand, please. Hey, I'm still waiting for the Perth, Australia people. Yeah. So the first person joining the honor roll today is B.W. Desmo, who says, so glad I found this pod. Great insight into geek culture with a thinking critical eye. Love this pod. Love this review. Short and sweet, my friend. They are also joined by Dimey the cat. Are you an actual cat? Please whoa, send whoa. photos. Oh, do we need to hire this person as an intern? Uh, we might. Do we have enough for work for two interns? No, we don't have enough work for one, but doesn't mean we can't hire another intern. Dimey the Cat says, Fing Fang Foom Show next with four exclamation points. Ooh, I'd love that. Very informative, very accurate, and very entertaining. Well, there are... Some tiresome woke soapboxes, as mentioned in other reviews, it doesn't ruin the overall show, and when added at appropriate times, can also add to the fun. Damn straight. Think of what Ashley could do with a show idea mentioned above. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means Jason's voices and running gags are the standout. Dark magic. Oh, yeah. Stephen Strange fan here. Uh, Sorry you think we're too woke. And Joseph2179 says, great podcast. I really like the deep dive into the characters and teams they cover. It's great that they mix up the host every couple episodes. I would love one on Moon Knight or Legion of Superheroes with Bendis' new series. So, Joseph217, Dimey the Cat, and B.W. Desmo, welcome to the Teacher's Lounge. Jason, what's going on in there today? Well, Mrs. Katara has brought two bowls of ice. And everybody, all the teachers are like, why? We we have an ice maker in the fridge, but she brought ice. What does she teach? Uh, ice sculpting, obviously. Oh, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so go over there and leave us a five-star review, and you can will be welcomed into the 
honor roll and the mining university teachers lounge uh don't forget to download and subscribe to this podcast on apple Podcasts and everywhere you listen to podcasts including spotify thank you to all people who send us over to spotify i really enjoy that and uh if you want to talk to us over on social media and suggest a future lesson ashley where can they do that you can do that at geekhistorylesson.com facebook.com slash geekhistorylesson or on twitter at ghl podcast there's lots of ways to contact us in all of those places don't forget to follow us on instagram and twitter you can follow ashley over there at at Ashley V. Robinson. She actually does a lot of Instagram stories. I don't do none anymore. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Jawin, J-A-W-I-I-N. Now, hashtag stick around. This is the time where we make sure that you stuck through our plugs. So we have a little bit more discussion. So that way people are listening to this on their podcast app. And when they hear the plugs and they think the episode's over, but then they see that the episode actually goes on 10 more minutes. They're like, wait a minute, what's going on? Did they just leave blank air on there? No, 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 no. Hashtag stick around. Jason, I have an important question for our time. For, Who, for our time or for, for right now? For, for like our current time. Okay. Who is a better sidekick for Aang? Appa or Momo? I mean, this is easy. It's Appa. Yeah, Momo's like kind of useless, right? I mean, this is this is a pretty easy question here, actually. Yeah, well. this is a very easy question. How? Okay, I, can I give you another question? Sure. I stick around. Which of the kingdoms are the most interesting? Which one? Which singular one is the most interesting? Because they're they're all pretty fascinating. But um, which one do you think is the most interesting to learn about? I think the Earth Kingdom is the most interesting. I knew you'd say that. What do you think is most why, why Earthbender? Before I give my answer, um, I really like that a lot of Earthbender culture is Earth based, which, right, unsurprisingly, but they are very into um, plants and cooking and tea. And to me, that's the kind of stuff that really flushes out a world and makes it feel real and grounded. To me, it's the one society that feels the most like it could be a real place. Mm. Uh, and that's also probably because we spend the most time in the Earth Kingdom. We do. We're in the Earth Kingdom for like almost two entire seasons. Uh, not really. So. Maybe one. But it's like one plus, which is almost two. Mm, okay. So, mm. I would say the Earth Kingdom. I'm giving you a Larry David. Mm. I don't know what that means. Mm. What do you think is the most interesting? Pretty, pretty good. What do you think is the most interesting kingdom? The Air Kingdom. You don't know nothing about it until That's Flora. That's why they're the most interesting. I because, ardently disagree. Because they're the most mysterious. And my, my uh, number two on that would be the Fire Kingdom. I like the Fire Kingdom. Uh, because the Fire Kingdom... When you learn why they make these moves mm-hmm. and why they do these things, um, because they're just seen as the big bad for a long time. And then when you learn that, like, no, no, there are motives and that especially when they go to the Fire Kingdom and that they're not all bad guys. They're also very artistic. Um, Azula has a friend whose name I don't remember, who is an acrobat, who's a performer in a circus. Sounds uh, good. They have a lot of art. Do they work for the Flying Graysons? She she does do trapeze, so maybe. Mm, watch out for Maroni. Maybe. Boss Maroni and the acid, you mean everybody. Zuko? No, I mean Boss Maroni, the person who kills the flying Graysons. All right. Uh, my reference was exactly on point. <laughs> so, there you go. All right. You're going to. This is your lesson, Professor. Wrap right. So that, <laughs> this is the part where you wrap it up so that I can dismiss the it's class. It's very late, everybody. <laughs> it's super late. I don't know if this is like the third Gears in a row we've had to record post 10 p.m. Yes. Uh, anyways, uh, that's it for Geekish Lesson. Uh huh. Which kingdom do you belong to? 
Send us a letter and tell us, because I'm Jason, not a firebender in the middle. I am Ashley Victoria Robinson. Professor Ashley, please close this thing out. Class is now dismissed. 